it should be very clear from these scriptures that it is biblical to bring the first fruits of our increase. You may tell me that, yeah, I have tithed, but God hasn't blessed me. Did you give the first of your first? And did you give it first? Or did you pay the bank first? Did you pay your own salary first? Did you buy the groceries first? And then at the end, like, oh, I still need to give my tithe. The tithe should be brought first. So bring the first of the first fruits first. In other words, before we pay anyone else, we bring the tithe and the offering into the storehouse of God, which is the church. He calls it His house. So it's the church. This is His house. This is the local church where you decide to commit and be a member. Therefore, this is the storehouse where you bring your tithe and offering so that God can bless us as a whole and each and every one of you individually. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. All right. We are busy with a series called First. Has it been a blessing to you? Have you learned? Have you grown? Have you been challenged? Anyone online, let us know. You should know by now and should be able to tell me what is our series verse? Who can tell me? What's the series verse? But what is the verse? Reference. Matthew 6 verse. Near. Amper. 33. 6.33. Matthew 6.33. Listen, it's okay if you don't know the reference, but it helps to know the reference. And I I just want to encourage you. I had had a, a chat with one of our, one of our men in the church this week, and I realized that There are scriptures that I feel I say all the time, but he couldn't quote it back to me. And I realized that one of the biggest problems we have as Christians is our our sword, which is the word of God, is not sharp. We don't know because we don't spend time in the word of God and we don't meditate on it. And if we don't meditate on it, it doesn't become a part of us. Case in point, I have been reading the scripture for six weeks straight. Matthew 6.33, and none of you could tell me what it was. <laughs> no, I'm, make, I'm making a point that we all need to sharpen our swords. Amen? Amen. Are you in agreement? Because do you want to grow in, in Christ? All right. Do you know what Jesus did when he was tempted? The son of God with no sin, what did he do when he was tempted? He started every sentence to the enemy with three important words. What were they? It is written. It is written. Well done, baby. a sticker. Even Jesus started with, it is written. How do we start if we are tempted? How do we start when we are going through a trial? Do we start with, no, 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 it is written. Or do we go, ah, where's my pillar? No, but seriously, we live in a diskim freaking populated world. You rather pop a pill than read the gospel. It's very, it's the best pill there is, is the gospel. 
Okay, I'm joking, but I am actually very serious. If, imagine if all 84% of people in this nation that call themselves Christians had sharp swords and were able to say, no, it is written. I could actually just say amen and we, you know. Sharpen your sword. I can't sharpen your sword for you. You have to sharpen your sword by spending time in the Word, meditating on the Word, and making a point of remembering it. Who of you have ever learned a new language? Does it, does, it, does it help if you don't speak it out loud to people who can speak it back to you? No. You lose it. You can learn it and then lose it because you don't do it often enough. It's the same with the Word of God. It's a language that we have to speak. And we have to hear it when we say it ourselves and we have to hear other people say it. Amen? Amen? All right. A quick recap. I felt God stir in my heart this week to remind all of us what we spoke about in our New Year's Eve service. And I know many of you probably weren't there or haven't watched it yet because you don't listen to me. And I, so I want to remind us that the, the message that God gave us to go into this new year was called Frequency. And it was about making sure that we are tuned in to God's frequency, His frequency of heaven, His voice. Secondly, it was about that we should be creating a frequency of worship to Him all the time. And thirdly, that we need to do number one and number two frequently. Our frequency of tuning into His frequency and creating a frequency of praise and worship should be frequent. Amen? All right, now you know what I preached on. Four weeks ago, we talked, we talked about first things first, and we established that it is clear from Scripture that we need to put God first, and therefore, by extension, our bodies, which are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means we need to take care of it, we need to keep it pure, and then thirdly, by extension, we need to bring our temples to church, where we all gather together and we serve the church of God. God first, temple first, church first. Amen? Then we spoke about the first commandment, and we saw that we need to ask ourselves daily, do I love God first, before everything else in my life? Do I really love Him first? Because what happens when we don't put Him first? When we put something else beside Him or above Him, our life will be a mess. We will suffer the consequences. God called us to love Him and stay in relationship with Him and put Him first, because then everything else falls into order. Then we spoke about the firstborn. Who remembers the firstborn message? Yo, man, I'm still blown away by what God showed us. How Jesus Christ himself was the first to be born again. Leading the way, showing us. Because he is the firstborn from the dead and the firstborn of many brethren of which we are the children of God. We are co-heirs with the firstborn. Powerful, powerful realization. And last week we spoke on marriage first. And we looked at how we should prepare and approach marriage from a biblical point of view so that we can live better lives and so we can understand the dynamic between Christ and the church because he, he, makes an, he, makes a, uh, he says it's like a marriage, Christ and the church, and we need to understand that. And we need to know that if we choose to be children of God, we don't have an approach of looking for loopholes and doing the absolute minimum to serve God. We have an approach of wholeheartedly loving and serving and doing our utmost to fulfill the Scriptures. Amen? Everyone on the same page. 
Today we're going to talk about a message called First Fruits. We will see from Scripture that if we truly love God first, and if we truly put Him first in our lives, it will show in how we see and what we do with the first part of what is most valuable to us. Our increase, our finances, our talents, our passions, our jobs, our relationships in our lives. We will look at the, at the following. The principle of first when it comes to the firstborn. What we see from scripture on this. We're going to look at the first fruits that must be offered according to the Bible. And we're going to look at how the tithe must come first. I know there's a lot of use of the word first there. Principle of first when it comes to the firstborn. The first fruits must be offered and the tithe must, tithe must come first. All right, we're going to look at that. I just want to draw your attention to something that I think is important to point out. Because I know this is a potentially sensitive subject. Lots of people have lots of different ideas about when you talk about church and money, and it can get very sensitive. So I know some people have left churches because they didn't agree with certain things, or maybe they got hurt in the church. Um, and I know some people follow a very, what do you call it, like a unhealthy prosperity kind of teaching. I'm going to try and stay clear of all those things, and I want to bring a biblical perspective. And I want to also point out that today is our 61st service of this church. 61st service. And it's the first time that I'm preaching about money. The first time. I'm just pointing that out. All right? So don't run away. Engage with what God has for us today. I don't want to create a legalistic culture where everyone feels, man, I have to give, otherwise someone's going to smack me. And I also don't want to create a, a false prosperity culture where we only give to get from God. We are going to avoid those things. I do want to just give credit where credit is due. Big part of what I'm sharing today was inspired by a message by Robert Morris um, that really helped my wife and I to understand tithing and first fruits better and that we have practiced in our lives and we have seen the fruits of it in our own lives. And that's where we are sharing from. So if you don't come to me often and say, you stole that message, I'm like, it's the Bible. I can't steal it. I'm sharing it. So I know that I ha this has been inspired by something we have heard. Yes. I, but I do feel that God has shared something with me where we go a bit deeper into the revelation of what it means to put Him first and therefore our first fruits. All right. Are you ready for the Word of God? I really believe that our good Father in heaven... He wants us to gain revelation of what it means to be His child and really love Him and how that should reflect in our choices when it comes to tithing, offering, and generosity. Because that's the heart of God. The principle of first, when it comes to the firstborn, we find in Exodus, in, a, in two parts of Exodus 13, which we're going to read together now. So let's read in our Bibles. Exodus 13, 1 to 3. It, <laughs> one, two, three. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of the hand of the Lord brought you, brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Verse 16. 
or from verse 16. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites as he swore to you and your forefathers and gives it to you that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey, an unclean animal, you shall redeem with a clean animal, a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. All the firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. So it shall be when your sons ask you in time to come saying, what is this? Why are we doing this, dad? You shall say to him, by strength of the hand of the Lord, sorry, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt out of the house of bondage, and it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be a sign on your hands and on the frontlets between your eyes for the strength of the hand of the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Okay. We see here how God institutes the sacrificing and the redeeming of the firstborn in humans and animals. The clean animals, like lambs or sheep, are sacrificed. While unclean animals, like the donkeys, they need to be redeemed with the sacrifice of a lamb. You imagine there's a oh the donkey had another one sorry lamb they had to do that why only sacrifice or redeem the first animal why because it tests the faith of God's people it's easy easier to give one lamb if you already have ten then it's easy it's like and then you're probably gonna take the one that's irritating you and give that to God not your best not your first but the one that you want to get rid of, right? Okay. But to give the first when you have nothing, it takes faith. Trusting that if I bring this to God, He will provide more. Furthermore, we need to see that if the firstborn is sacrificed or redeemed, the ones that follow will be blessed. We also see that the reason is to remind the people of God of the last sign God performed in their place of bondage. The place where they were in shackles. They were under, under oppression. It was Egypt. By killing all the firstborn of humans and animals. And how were the children of Israel spared? How were they spared when God did that last sign in Egypt? They... Because they are the people of God, and because God spoke to Moses, the people of God had an unfair advantage. Whenever you are in contact with God, you have an unfair advantage. God gave Moses inside info. He said, if you sacrifice a lamb, and you take the blood of the lamb, and you smear it on your doorposts of your homes, if there is a firstborn in the home, the angel of death will pass over that house. The lamb is sacrificed so that the firstborn of man will be redeemed. The clean lamb 
was sacrificed to redeem the firstborn children. So the people of God could be set free of bondage and move on to their promised land. That last sign is the thing that made Pharaoh let the people go. And they left. But Pharaoh had a... But in that moment, they were in bondage and God set them free. And they went where? Their promised land. The promise of God. We saw recently that Jesus was the firstborn of Mary in terms of physical birth. And the Bible says she opened the womb. And in Matthew we'll read, they took him to the, um, the temple to present him as per this instruction in the Old Testament. Because he opened her womb, they went to present him to the prophet Simeon. So they were following this instruction, even with Jesus. So he was the firstborn that opened her womb. But we also learned that he was the firstborn from the dead and the firstborn of many brethren. And we saw that that means he was the first to be born again, making a way and setting an example to us. Jesus is also referred to as the what of God? Lamb of God, the one who became the ultimate sacrificial lamb, once and for all. Before Jesus, they had to sacrifice every year to atone for the sins of the people of God. But after Jesus, it was done. We sang that in the song, the veil is torn. The veil was the thing that separated man from God and his holy presence. The veil is torn because of Jesus. During the feast of Passover, where the Jews remembered what God did in Egypt, that is the time when Jesus was killed. Passover was happening in Jerusalem when Jesus went to be the sacrificial lamb for his people. The Passover that was instituted in Egypt. Are you guys seeing this? Okay. So can you get excited? Just show your, tell your face that you're excited so I can see that you are excited. All right. Because being excited on the inside doesn't work for me. I, I, wanna, I need to see it. Jesus was crucified. His blood was shed for all mankind so that we do not need to live in bondage of sin and death like the Israelites in Egypt. But that through stepping into relationship with Him, letting His blood cover the doorpost of my life so that I do not need to go into eternal death but have everlasting life. That's what Jesus did. Can you see that what was instructed in Exodus 13 was a foreshadow of Jesus and us. Can you see that? Thank you so much for this family. We were born, all of us were born of corruptible seed. We were born in sin. Don't listen to people who say, all people are basically good. They are born good. No, that's nonsense. It's not true. It's not the Word of God. If you think all people are born good, then you have not been a parent. Because you will know. Your children do not come out doing everything right. Unless someone here had a baby born with a halo. Anyone? No. I didn't think so. All of us were born corruptible. But Jesus had the seed of the Holy Spirit impregnate Mary. So He was born of incorruptible seed so we are born unclean like the donkey Jesus was born clean like the lamb the donkey when he's born the firstborn donkey needs to be redeemed by the lamb we are born 
unclean and we need to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, by accepting Jesus into our lives. Jesus is God's first. Jesus is God's best. He gave him to us. For all of us, while we were still sinners, God, in a way, we can argue that God didn't necessarily, although he knows everything, just for a moment, just imagine that God in trust, almost by faith, gave his son and then see who is going to respond and accept the son into their lives. But he did it for all. It's available to all. But we have to each go, yes, I believe that and I accept that before the blood of the Lamb will wash my life clean. Amen? Jesus was the firstborn from the dead of many brethren and He was sacrificed so that we can be blessed. Can you see that, church? All right. The second point, the first fruits must be offered. So we've established now what is the importance of the firstborn. We're going to talk about now the first fruits that need to be offered. And it's going to tie in with the third point I'm making. Proverbs 3, verse 9 to 10. Let's read this together. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new, vi- new wine. New wine or new wine? <laughs> Exodus 23, 19. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The first of your first fruits. Do you want to try and get around that with translation and all kinds? Of, you can't. The first of your first fruits. There's no gap there. There's no wiggle room. Here's the tough one to read every time. Malachi 3, verse 8 to 12. Will a man rob God yet this is God speaking to his people he's saying yet you have robbed me but you say in what have we robbed you in tithes and offerings you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. (laughs) And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Who's the devourer? It's the enemy. It's the devil who came to kill, steal, and destroy. God says, if you bring your tithe and offering, test me in this that I will bless you. But on top of blessing you, I will keep the devil away from your stuff. If you bring the tithe and offering. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. You will, be, you will be more blessed. There will be more produce coming from you, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. What do most people recognize about Jewish people today still? Are they blessed? Did you know that the most Nobel Prize winners come from the Jewish people? The most rich people, the most patents in the world come from Jewish people. Just putting it out there. 
And even though many of them still don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, they get together every Friday and they bless their children. And God has a covenant with them. We can look at that and we can judge it, we can say whatever, but the bottom line is there's something about what God said to His people. But I want you to know that because of Jesus, we as believers have access to the promise and the covenant with Abraham. We have the same right when we are children of God. And you can step into that same blessing. Genesis 4 verse 3 to 7, we see the, the story happening between Cain and Abel. Listen to this. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell and he couldn't pick it up again. I'm kidding. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, if you gave the first of your fruit, will you not be accepted? The Bible clearly says he gave an offering. It didn't say he gave the first of his fruits. Where it says specifically on, on Abel, he gave the firstborn. The one was a farmer the other one was a, ra- a rancher a rancher the one had cattle the one had fruit can you see the one didn't bring the first and God said you will do well and be accepted if you bring the first and if you do not do well what's what does he say what's the consequence sin lies at the door and it is and its desire is for you sin desires to grab hold of us if we don't bring the first of the first We are open to a curse and sin has a gap in our lives to grab hold of us. Look at that. It is, its desire is for you. But listen to this last part. part. But you should rule over it. Reign in life, rule over sin. It's a choice of who is first in your life. Is the penny dropping, church? All right. Now, many people say tithing is Old Testament. The, the question I have for you is, do you believe the whole Word of God is the Word of God? Yes, Jesus fulfilled the law. Absolutely. But look at Matthew 23, 23. Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of the mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done, in other words, tithes, you ought to have done, Without leaving the others undone. Both are important. Jesus acknowledges the tithe as the right thing to do. But if it's done in a legalistic way and you lose justice, mercy, and faith, then you are doing it the wrong way. Jesus brings, he acknowledges the importance of the tithe and he brings the balance of what it should be about. Can you see that? Mark 12, 17. They're asking him all kinds of difficult questions. They're asking him, should they pay taxes to the governing authority? And Jesus answered them and said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Now, if you still want to argue with me about whether the tithe is biblical, 
then I would suggest that you are looking for a loophole to not be obedient to God's word. I can't make you believe this. Be honest with yourself. Be honest before God. It should be very clear from these scriptures that it is biblical to bring the first fruits of our increase. You may tell me that, yeah, I have tithe, but God hasn't blessed me. Did you give the first of your first? And did you give it first? Or did you pay the bank first? Did you pay your own salary first? Did you buy the groceries first? And then at the end, you're like, oh, I still need to give my tithe. The tithe should be brought first. So bring the first of the first fruits first. In other words, before we pay anyone else, we bring the tithe and the offering into the storehouse of God, which is the church. He calls it his house. So it's the church. This is his house. This is the local church where you decide to commit and be a member. Therefore, this is the storehouse where you bring your tithe and offering so that God can bless us as a whole and each and every one of you individually. Can you see that? It is also important to note that we do not give the tithe. We bring the tithe. In Malachi, it speaks so beautifully. It says, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. And then he says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Why the word bring and not give? When you, when you, ha- had, a, when you had a care with someone, it's okay, Leon. It's a enthusiasm. When you went to friends and hung out there and you forgot your top or your, your jacket or something, it's at their house, right? Did that jacket become their property? No. What are they hopefully going to do if they are a good friend? They're going to bring your jacket back to you. Or you're going to go and fetch it and they will bring it to you and you can take it home. It is not yours. You recognize that it's not yours. So you bring it. You don't give it. You can't give something that is not yours to begin with. Do you believe that God owns all things? We saw that in our all things message and we also saw it recently. Do you believe God owns everything? Do you really? Does your bank balance show that? Robert Morris He says, you can tell me all day that you put God first, but show me your bank account and I will tell you who you put first. That's a tough one, but it's true. The tithe and the offering is for the storehouse, the house of the Lord. We do not use our tithe for third party ministries or mission trips. Those are good to support, and we have to support it if God leads us to support those things. But your tithe needs to come to the storehouse where you say, this is my church. It needs to come there because that's how God works. And I'm not saying this so you would bring me money. It's not about me. The one church that I went to said this beautifully. They say, I don't want anything from you. I want everything for you. And if you don't do things God's way, you shouldn't be surprised when it doesn't work out the way you hoped it would. But you can get excited about God blessing you above and beyond what you can imagine when you start being obedient to His Word. When you understand the principle of first, when you understand that my first should, that I should bring 
the first of my food, first fruits to the storehouse of God. And when you decide that I will give it first, before I give anything else, before I bring anything else. That is why you will hear me say every Sunday that, yes, please bless the new venue fund. Please bless the benevolent fund. Please bless the hand up initiative that we have started. But it's on top of your tithe and offering as God leads you. That's where generosity comes in. That's where being a cheerful giver as God leads you comes in. But it's on top of already have I given my tithe. Already have I given my offering to the local church. Some of you may sit here and say, and I've heard this before. Some people say, I can't afford to tithe. I want to put it to you today that you, you cannot afford not to tithe. We do not bring the tithe out of obligation and legalistic reasons. The same way that you shouldn't spend time with God because someone told you you should and you feel an obligation, I have to spend time with God. We do that with our children because we want to teach them a way of getting a rhythm in your life to speak to God. But at, at some point, it has to become a decision out of love for God. Because when you spend time with God, you're like, oh my word, everything gets into perspective. I feel the presence of God. I feel the love of God, the joy, the peace, and the rest of God. And now I can do anything. That's what happens when you spend time with God. We, need to, we should be craving that. We should be, if you are addicted to anything, it should be time with God. Because that's where life happens. And the same goes for tithing and offering. It shouldn't be something we like, oh man, how am I going to do this? Oh, I will never get out if I, if I give this. Lord Jesus, really? Has, have your children ever come to you with that attitude? As a father, how do, you, how do you feel when your kid's like, you say, listen, you can have screen time, but you first have to help with the dishes. You're like, ugh, <laughs> eyes are rolling and faces are changing and demons are manifesting. I'm like, I will give you two hours of something you want to do, but I'm asking for five minutes of doing something that serves the whole household. <laughs> That is an attitude that is from the pit of hell because it's selfish. And when you are selfish, you are serving yourself. And when you are serving yourself, you are serving the devil. There's no two ways about that. We do not bring the tithe because someone told us we should. We do it because God is inviting us to bring what is His anyway so that He can bless the rest. So that we can have more. You should look forward to tithing more next month. Because God is going to give you increase. And once again, we don't give so that we can use God like a slot machine. That is also the wrong attitude. We don't give to get. We don't bring to get. We bring because we love Him. And we put Him first. And He said that we should do that. Because He knows what's best for us. Amen? I want to I encourage you to give 10% and have 90% blessed God's way. Must be better than having 100% that's cursed. That's what Malachi says. Will you rob me? If you rob me, you are cursed. It says that. I don't say that. That's what the Word of God says. 
So you are robbing God and yourself from a blessed life if you don't tithe the way the Bible instructs us to tithe. Am I standing here because I've done it perfectly right every month, the last how many ever years? No. There's been times where God had to remind me, hey, you're not putting me first. And it's, it's, I have a unique situation, or I used to have one anyway, where I would get money on this date and that date and whatever. And then sometimes I don't necessarily then give it first. And God showed me, no, when it comes in, give immediately. So you have to give first to Him. And when we have done that as a household, we have seen how God has provided super abundantly above and beyond what we can imagine. I can tell you many testimonies about that. So church, I hope you hear the heart of this. We're going to take a moment and I want you to reflect and respond. We're going to give you an opportunity now out of a place of faith, out of a place of love to respond by saying, okay, Lord, I've heard your word and I'm going to respond to your word. And this once again, some of you may say, I'm manipulating you to give now. It's not, it's not about that. If you give nothing right now, that's fine. But my question to you is, what will you do when you walk out of here with the end of the month? And if you are earning a salary or if you are a contractor or whatever, when the next paycheck comes in, when the next thing's, what are you going to do with the first of the first? What are you going to do? And I want to ask you to take a moment. If you realize here today that this word has really spoken very clearly to you and you realize that I need to repent for not giving the first of my first first then do that say Lord I'm sorry he is faithful to forgive and he is faithful to bless and honor his word amen so even if you put nothing in that box today that's okay but make a decision whether to follow his word or to not follow his word because that's what's before us today will we do this his way or will we do this our way We have many ways you can give to this ministry. This is a storehouse of the Lord. This is His house, and it's about Him. He has called us to plant this church, and we are here to be His voice in this place. And that is what we do. Don't think whether you trust us. Think whether you trust God. With giving the first of your first, first, before you give anything else. Amen? I'm going to give a minute for us all to close our eyes and just respond to this word. And then we're going to sing a song again that we did earlier, the throne room song. And that's going to be the way we end the service today. So I'm going to give us about a minute. Let us reflect and respond. Let us react to this word of God. If we need to repent, let's repent. If we need to make a new plan, make a new plan. If you're a married couple, and you, and you look at each other and you go, Woo, we have a ways to go. Keep each other accountable and be a team about it. And take it forward, doing it God's way. Amen? All right, let's take a moment of reflecting and responding and then we're going to do this song. Thank you, Jesus.
praise you, Jesus. We lift you up. We thank you so much for your, for your word today. Lord, we come before you humbly. And we say, Lord, we want to do things your way because we put you first and we love you first. Help us, Lord, to step out by faith. And even when we don't see the rest, that we will choose to give you our best first and know that you are a God of your word. And that if we do things your way, we can stand on the promises of God and know that you will give us increase, you will bless us, you will take us further as a, as a church and as individual people and as families. And Lord, right now, I just want to pray your blessing over every person in this place, every man, every woman, every marriage, every family, every child. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless them with the strength of the Lord, with the holy presence of the Holy Spirit, with a life that is dedicated to You, with the, the peace and the rest and the joy of our Lord Jesus Christ that they carry wherever they go, that we will all be salt and light wherever we go, in our marriages, in our families, in our workplace, and in our communities, that we will represent You and we will represent You well. Lord, I thank you right now for everyone that may be going through a tough time financially and are listening to this message and go, oh, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. Where will it start? Where will I start? How will I do it? Lord, I thank you right now that you will bring peace to their hearts, peace to their minds, and that you will show them, my son, my daughter, just do it my way. Just trust me and I'll show you what is possible. When you hold on to what is not yours, I can't bless it. But if you bring it and give it to me, I will show you what's possible. Thank you, Jesus, for that word. I thank you that you will solidify it in our hearts. I thank you that it will go into deep soil, good soil. And that when we walk out of here, the cares and the worries and the, the culture of this world will not steal this word. It will not take away this word. So I seal off this word now in each of our hearts and minds in the name of Jesus Christ. It will not be stolen. Thank you so be, much for listening uh, to the Love Key Church Podcast, message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help pray. you to align with amen His purposes so that you Thank can you be church. one we step you. closer God loves you. to reigning in life. Sunday. And may you Please be inspired that, to uh, share this stuff available Have a great week. And remember to listen again next week. Or you can catch us live online. Come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you. And be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.